From the BYU Radio Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Today's show features the New Time Ensemble, a Celtic trio. They've performed in Ireland, Scotland, England, and here in the U.S. Their cellist lives Liz Davis Maxfield, who's been here before, and we're really glad to have her back, this time with her bandmates. Leslie Ann Harrison playing silver flute and Irish flute, and Fred Frederick Puya, guitar, banjo, and vocals. The New Time Ensemble has been praised for their well-honed technique, their porch-jamming earthiness. They've been characterized as fresh and innovative with an eclectic mix of musical styles and personalities, still with Irish traditional music at its heart. They've recorded their debut album, A Year in Ireland, at the Irish World Academy of Music, and the album also has a corresponding tune book for fans who like to play along. I wish I was playing along today. I do love Irish music. They seem to have the market cornered on the world's saddest songs and also some of the silliest. You can decide the title of this next one is Miller's Maggot. Thank you. 
A musical nod to the Emerald Isle, that's Miller's Maggot, performed live by the three friends of the New Time Ensemble. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and maybe the picture in your mind will uh, improve a little if you know that a maggot is, <laughs> in Miller's terms, a particular tool a Miller uses. Liz, David, Liz Davis Maxfield is the author of the Irish Cello Book, and I want to ask you, Liz, how a cellist, a guitarist, banjoist, and a flute player got together to be an Irish music ensemble. Well, um, we met while we were living in Limerick. Um, we were studying at the Irish World Academy, doing a master's degree in Irish traditional music. And um, this program was really fun because uh, it provided lots of opportunities to collaborate with other musicians and to create kind of mock ensembles. And so um, I met Fred and Leslie um, in some of my ensemble classes and kind of hit it off. We started playing on each other's recitals and spending time together. And I just thought they were such delightful people. It would be fun to play with them more and more. So um, I recruited them for this little project that has continued on and has been it really has. fun. It has. It has. Besides your first album, uh, also including coming here and actually moving here to the States at, at present. I want to ask, uh, contrary to what we usually see with musicians with their music stands full of music that they're pulling off. You guys just have a set list. Mm -hmm. It's all it's all in your mind and listening to each other. Yeah, Irish music is an oral tradition. So we learn these tunes by ear. We create the arrangements by ear. And then the only, um, the only things that we write down are just little memories. Like my notebook of arrangements for this might say, Miller's Maggot, four times through, remember to play loudly this time. <laughs> you know, just it's something uh -huh. like that. So um, most of it is uh, created by interacting with each other and by listening rather than by reading. So the first time you go through, are you saying, well, maybe I'll take this first, maybe I'll do this, and it's just kind of working it out? Yeah, it's a joint arranging effort. So we'll usually, um, usually some, per some member of the band will bring a tune and say, I really like this. Uh, we'll all learn the melody together and then try to figure out different textures and different chords. And for you, this is interesting. As the cello player, I mean, sometimes I hear you being the rhythm section, you're being the bass. Other times you're the sustained strings, and then you take the melody. You're doing all of the roles. Yeah, we love... Well, one thing I really love about this band is that we each take turns taking those roles. And the cello doesn't get a lot of opportunity to explore all of those roles in other mm -hmm. contexts, so I love... Um, being the bass, being the guitar, being mm. the string section, being the melody instrument, um, and just trading off. Well, it's fun to hear you do all of those things, sometimes even within the same piece. Yeah. So one more question before the next piece, which is, last time we had you, we talked about how you were applying fiddle technique, Irish fiddle, to the cello, which was unique in itself and, and worth a whole show. But there were, we talked about a YouTube video that had... Uh, your little baby in a walker while you were practicing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's sort of going around. Now he's a toddler and uh, number two on the way. Yeah. So how does the baby respond to the cello? It's right up against you. It's got a music is already a part of its life. Yeah. Um, it's really fun because um, I was recording an album when I was pregnant with Elliot, my son, and um, he would kick whenever I was playing in the recording session. So whenever I listen to that album, I always think about him. And it's kind of fun. Uh, with this pregnancy, I feel that, too. The baby's really So it wakes responding. the baby up. It's not a lullaby to settle no, down. No, and hopefully he's kicking because he's dancing, not because he's <laughs> yelling at me to stop. <laughs> it's a jig. Well, let's set up and let you get back. We're going to hear another recording or another performance by the New Time Ensemble. And the name of this piece uh, featuring Liz Davis Maxfield, Leslie Ann Harrison, and Frederick Puya is View Across the Valley.
That's View Across the Valley and Irish Reel, performed live by our guests, the New Time Ensemble. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Frederick Puya is something of a one-man band if he could ever figure out how to play guitar, banjo, mandolin, Irish wooden flute, piano, and sing all at the same time. Frederick, thank you for coming in today. Thank you, et bonjour. <laughs> Did I leave anything out? Any more instruments you play? No, I think my life is, uh, is dedicated to uh, trying many instruments. So recently, I actually tried a uh, Celtic harp. Really? Since, uh, two months ago, and, uh, and Leslie... Uh, 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 offered me a, a rental harp for Christmas, so I've been really enjoying that. You can add really one more fun. instrument with the Celtic yes. harp. <laughs> now, the banjo sounded great on that last piece, but that's not a traditional Irish instrument, is it? Uh, the the five-string banjo is a yes. traditional American instrument, and if you remove one string, it's been adopted by the Irish, uh, hmm. especially a, short, a shorter uh, scale version of it, and it's called the tenor banjo. And uh, and it's uh, tuned like a like a fiddle when it has the four strings. But in the case of the Appalachian five string banjo, it's it, indeed it's a traditional uh, American instrument uh, with roots in Africa. I love the sound. It 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 blended so well with the other instruments. So you're born in Paris. You're an expert in traditional music and the dance of French Brittany. But you're also <laughs> you also have a degree. And it, to tell us about your degree, because this is not what you would think uh, uh, for typical for a musician. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, my, my, my day job is I'm, I'm doing research in a lab, in a neuroscience lab. And uh, so it's, uh, it's my day job. And uh, when I'm out of the lab, I just grab my guitar and, and I sing. So is that <laughs> using both sides of the brain as with yeah, the music and using the neuroscience? everything, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, th- how did you learn the music? Was this, I mean, Irish music, is, is that something you hear in Paris very much, or you just heard this and sought it out to go to Limerick? Yeah, when I was a teenager, I, I enjoyed folk music a lot, and I fell in love with uh, English and American uh, folk music in general. And, uh, and uh, in the early 90s, when I was, I was a teenager, like um, old teenager in those days, uh, I discovered uh, music from, uh, from Brittany, which is the, the western coast of France, and uh, which uh, used to be a... A Celtic kingdom, so it, mm. it has still a, a very strong uh, um, tradition of Celtic music. And I was visiting my uh, my grandmother, who had a beautiful farm in the northern coast, and she introduced me a little bit about the music, and I, I researched about it by myself. And then when I went to study in Paris, I discovered that there was a lot of Irish music as well. And so they became my two uh, mm. my two sort of uh, attractive poles, you know, for for traditional music. And uh, and then from from now on, and then I just started to learn the music by myself, and I went to uh, summer schools in France and in Ireland, and uh, I met with local musicians where wherever I was living, and that's how I uh, sort of learned the music. Learned the yeah. tradition by ear by traveling. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hear another one of these pieces. Okay. I've been looking forward to this one because of the story behind it. Uh, Dom Lombard. An ancient traditional song that tells uh, this is, fits the sad story tradition. A woman who tries to kill her husband. In the end, she ends up being the one who drinks the poison. So, let's hear Dom Lombard performed here by the New Time Ensemble. <laughs> Allons au bois, dame lombarde, allons au bois. Allons au bois, dame lombarde, allons au bois. Nous y trouverons le serpent vert, nous le tuerons. Nous y trouverons le serpent vert, nous le tuerons. Dans une pinte de vin rouge, nous le mettrons. Dans une pinte de vin rouge, nous le mettrons. Quand ton mari viendra de chasse, grand soif aura. Quand ton mari viendra de chasse, grand soif aura.
Tire du vin, dame lombarde, tire du vin. Tire du vin, dame lombarde, tire du vin. Et par ma foi, mon âme en pierre, n'y a de tirer. Et par ma foi, mon âme en pierre, n'y a de tirer. Elle n'a pas bu le plein verre à trépasser. Elle n'a pas bu le plein verre à trépasser. An ancient song going back perhaps as long ago as the 6th century, Dom Lombard, performed by the New Time Ensemble. Featuring uh, Fred on vocals, Leslie on the silver classical flute. And Leslie Ann Harrison, thank you for joining us here on Highway 89 for yeah. live performances. I've not been to Ireland, but we always imagine the musicians sitting around in the pub trading songs. And mm-hmm. really, is that the, it sounds like that's the way it's all learned. Yeah, it's kind of the way it's all learned. I think um, actually having a, a school and an advanced degree is was brand new and new. That hadn't really been done before that I know of. So you had studied flute classically, mm-hmm. which meant you know, sight reading lots of music and, mm-hmm. and usually having the music unless you learned it for recital. What kind of a leap was that for you to just start picking it up by ear? Yeah, that was a really big leap because um, I, I wasn't trained with Suzuki or anything and I learned music by sight by the time, you know, from the age of four. And so to be in my early 20s and go to Ireland and they were all like, guess what? There's no music and there's no music stands and you're learning by ear. And I just went, oh my gosh, this is, it was hard at first. Um, But it was, it was really great. And I think the experience there, um, I have a good friend who's still living there and she said she spoke to the director of the school Mm. and he said that his goal was to not necessarily create musicians but to create whole people and develop whole people and I think that's really true you know we expand and develop in a lot of different ways besides just music so in the classical world Mm -hmm. you might go to school for a degree and you'll analyze a Bach counterpoint and a fugue and those kind of things is there some equivalent for talking about and analyzing the traditional Irish songs um yeah, I mean, I think at least for us there is. Um, and I know people talk about, you know, the chord changes they're using and, you know, what ornaments they're using. I think I think that's the conversation I have the most with my students being a flute teacher is like we ornament a lot and we change the melody a lot. And so we talk a lot about that. So there is analysis, but it's kind of slightly different. So now you have this whole other thing when you have flute students. Mm-hmm. Do you ever say, OK, now put away the music. We're going to try something you've never done before um you know i i don't really do that unless they're willing or ready oh, okay because i've been there and when people force you to learn by ear and you're really intimidated by it it can actually have the opposite effect so i try to make people <laughs> learn um 
in a very like, oh, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, because I feel like that's what they need. That's what I needed. Well, in your teaching, I heard that you also have had a student who, at least at the time Mm -hmm. you wrote about it, was 85? He was 85, yeah. So tell me how this worked. Uh, He was the coolest person ever. Um, I mean, these were beginning lessons from scratch. Yeah, well, he'd started like 20 years ago. He had a book published like from before I was born. And and he couldn't drive anymore, but he called me and said, I'd love to take piano. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I want to learn this before I die. And I just thought, that's really cool actually Mm. and so I would drive to his apartment and teach him piano and uh, he he was great and um, he doesn't study with me anymore because he's actually traveling Um, he went to India by himself and he definitely has a bucket list it sounds like I know (laughs) it was really inspiring it's never too late to learn was he in that movie (laughs) best exotic oh Oh, no not that guy okay no no should have been what a cool thing that he's learning piano and and taking off doing all of that Mm -hmm. well tell us a little bit about this piece we're going to hear walter salmon's grandmother sure well um it's originally a reel um under that name and then we kind of took our classical background and essentially arrange like a theme and variations. And so you'll hear the original reel first, and then we'll go into a jig that's based on the reel. And then we'll go into um, a final reel that's based on the original reel. Um, And there's a lot of kind of extended technique and things like that. Oh, this sounds exciting. Yeah. Well, we'll let you take place. Uh, Just tell me before you head back, is Mm -hmm. this going to be the Irish flute or the silver flute? This will be the Irish flute. Irish flute for Mm -hmm. this one. Okay. We're about to hear the New Time Ensemble, and they'll be performing Walter Salmon's Grandmother. Sometimes they also call it Walter Salmon's Family Reunion. Maybe we'll ask about that.
Walter Salmon's grandmother performed live on BYU Radio. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Today we're featuring a Celtic trio, the New Time Ensemble, with Liz Davis Maxfield, Leslie Ann Harrison, and Frederick Puya. And I have to say, Liz, uh, when I hear New Time Ensemble, that makes me think not an old time ensemble. It right. sounds, sounds like breathing new life into old favorites, which is, boy, we just heard a great example of that right there. Yeah, definitely. We love to take these old tunes and then find a way to reinterpret them that is true to the tradition, but innovative enough to be exciting and interesting and new. So after you'd all been studying in Limerick and found that it it was it worked as an ensemble to play together, you recorded this album a year in Ireland. And at the time, did you have any idea this would last? Or was that sort of a, a record of what had been? Um, at the time, we were thinking of it as a basically a record of a great year Hmm. um so as you know this band is made up of people from all over the world we originally had four people and um the fourth was from scotland and then leslie's from maine and fred's from france i'm from utah so we figured that the chances of us all uh, you know ending up in the same place again would be pretty slim so we recorded the album with the idea that we would do one tour so we spent a summer together and but then fell in love with the idea so much that we said we have to do this again. <laughs> well, so when you speak of touring, sometimes you might arrange a place. But did you ever think, hey, we've got an hour, let's open our cases and play on the sidewalk and earn lunch? Yeah, um, you know, when when we were living in Ireland, we had a lot more opportunities to do that. Now that we have to orchestrate time for us to get mm. together, it's a little bit harder to say. Here, buy a plane ticket and come over. We'll go play on the sidewalk. <laughs> but I'd love to. If they live closer by, we would do that every day. Well, one thing that is, I think is original and a brilliant idea is that you have the tune book, the corresponding tune book that goes along with your album. So uh, if I want to play along and, and play one of the instruments, what would I be seeing in the book? So the, the book is a standard Irish tune book, which means that it just has the melodies written in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so much improvisation and um, nuance of arranging in Irish music, you rarely see um, every note notated. And so the music is a mnemonic device for you to figure out the melody. And then occasionally we'll say, you know, these are the chords. But um, tune books are basically melody, so you can play the melody along and then use your ears to figure out all the other missing pieces. Okay, I also heard that rain was a really big part of life in Ireland where you were. Definitely. That is one cliche of Ireland that is so true. You (laughs) You think of Ireland and you think green and rain, and yes, it rained every day. And, um... That was a little bit surprising how how much it affected me while I was there. It's like no wonder people play music so much because you can't go outside, especially in the winter, you know? So they just hole up in the pub or in someone's living room. In our case, we would just hang out in my kitchen and eat cookies and play music all night. Well, I, I hear a rumor that our next song actually is a happy song. Yes. In, the, in that rare Irish tradition. So set this up for us. So this is actually... Um, a tune. It's not traditionally an Irish tune. Fred is going to sing it for us in um, Breton. And it is this great, rare Celtic tune gem that no, nobody's dead at the end. And the lovers <laughs> end up together. It's great. So we just had to use it. So the story is a typical, it starts out as a typical Celtic ballad where um, there are these two young lovers. He is sent to war. She's so sad. But then it changes because she decides to go with him in disguise. And so she spends seven years disguised as a soldier. And he has no idea that she's right alongside him and they fight together. And then um, on their way home after their time at war, um, she says, so do you have a girlfriend back at home? Hint, hint. And he says, yes, but I'm sure she's forgotten about me. Alas, alas. And she says, no, I haven't. And she rips off her mustache, and they live happily ever after. We're hoping it was a false mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She she had a good disguise, I'm sure. Okay, let's let's set up. We're going to hear two pieces. First, uh, Marie Louise, who was the our, our our army vet here, who unveils herself, followed by a polka set. Mm. 
Marie-Louise est partie un moment par la grande route Le premier qu'elle a rencontré est un grand capitaine Oula seigneur capitaine, m'engageriez-vous Comme un jeune homme qui
live in our studio today, our Celtic trio, New Time Ensemble. They just played a polka set, and before that, Marie-Louise. This is Highway 89, and we have a chance to talk to two of our instrumentalists at the same time, uh, Frederick Puya and Leslie Ann Harrison. We haven't mentioned it yet in the hour, but you two were recently married. Congratulations. I understand that when you are alone together in your home in Denver, Colorado, that you play together as a duo, Folk Ragu. And I wonder what kind of music do you play in that duo? Um, in that duo, we uh, we started out playing some Irish music, but then we've been getting more and more into French-Canadian and uh, French traditional music, the Breton music Fred was talking about. Um, and that's been a lot of fun for me. Um, my great-grandmother is French-Canadian, and so it's been really great to kind of get into that music and learn more about uh, Fred's background and where he's from. I've really enjoyed it. And Fred, this album you've recorded together, Folk Ragu Musique, Folk du Monde. Besides all of the other tunes that you might do, do you write any original music? Uh, not a lot, I must confess. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy arranging music. So, But in that particular album, we uh, well, Leslie actually wrote a piece which is called uh, Juggler Jig. And uh, we also, uh, a little bit like the, one of the pieces we played today, we, uh, we, re, uh, we get inspiration from a famous uh, tune from Venezuela, and we uh, transformed it into a mazurka, which is a very type of popular mm. dance in, uh, in Ireland. Uh, and uh, so yeah, maybe a little bit of composition. And, you so know, a lot of uh, Venezuelan Irish yes, yes, <laughs> gumbo. Yes, okay. I see why you're saying folk ragu. Yeah, yeah. This this tune from Venezuela actually happens to be very, very popular in the in the Irish music sessions that you can hear in pubs. So many, many uh, players in Ireland know this tune, and mm. it's uh, kind of a mystery exactly where it's coming from. We haven't <laughs> completely figured it out. So, Leslie, I heard that you also were were in San Francisco together, and you decided to take a hike. But yes, um, well, what? we we love walking. It's our favorite way of exploring, <laughs> and we've we did it in Ireland, and it was great. And I think one of our first weekends away together, we hiked something like 20 miles in a single day. In San so uh, the, that was in Ireland, uh, and then in San Francisco, we decided to do the same thing, and we walked everywhere and it's really steep i don't know if you've ever been say, there <laughs> there are a few hills in, in yeah the Bay Area. yeah and it was fun because i had my flutes and my backpack on my back so i felt like i was carrying you know a bit of a load but it was really great san francisco's beautiful one quick question for mm. you before we hear another piece and this is the difference between the classical flute with the silver flute it's called and mm -hmm. the irish flute um sure so my irish flute is made of african blackwood um, it has a metal-lined head joint, but other than that, it's completely made of wood. Um, there's holes where the fingers go, um, and there's keys, so it's completely chromatic, but you're basically playing on just bare holes, and you have to hope that you find them. With the silver flute, it's obviously, mine's made of uh, sterling silver, and it has keys, um, so you're resting on keys instead. Yes. So it's, um, it's a bit of a different different sound, different way of playing. Uh, and tell me if this would, the stereotype is when you're listening to a wooden instrument, it would sound warmer. Is that true or is um, that not the way you describe it? No, that's, um, yeah, that, that works for me. And I think of the Irish flute as kind of louder and you can bark with it, so to speak. And my silver flute is a little more refined. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's have you take your places. We're, we get to hear one more piece. And when you hear that an ensemble includes a guitarist, a cellist, and a flute player, you don't automatically think percussion, but I think we're going to hear everybody taking their turn being the percussion section on this next piece, the final number called Striking Clock.
The Striking Clock, performed live on Highway 89, a little bit of Irish groove. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and that ends another hour of terrific music. Our guests today have been the musicians of the New Time Ensemble, Leslie Ann Harrison playing silver flute and Irish flute, Frederick Puya on guitar, banjo, and vocals, and cellist Liz Davis Maxfield. Sincere thank you to each of you for being here. New Time Ensemble has released an album a year in Ireland and an accompanying tune book so you can play along. Information about the album, their upcoming concerts, and latest projects is on their website, newtimeensemble.com. We welcome your comments and questions about the show. To contact us, simply email us at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite, and the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>